0: I'm Jesse
1: Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 16 of The,
0: the Faith Share, where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.
1: And on today's episode, Jesse and I are going to tackle the question, can we love Jesus, but not the church? Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Uh, to today, we have today, we want to answer a question that we got from... From last week's episode, when we were talking about worship and we yeah. had Cal here, um, someone asked Should our gatherings, our services, look like one uh, just follow the program, get in, get out, um, you know, have the normal, you're singing, you do the offering. You have you have someone share, and then uh, and then you move on. Or should it be that we actually spend time in quiet, reverential? Um, oh, how does she put it? Um, just use. spend time quiet, quietly and reverentially waiting on the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, giving Him time to do what. Uh, he needs to do this. this is in our gatherings, so we just wanted to answer that question first before we get into the topic and
0: what what are your first knee jerk reactions what What do you think about that well, I mean I definitely think you know in in typical western uh tendency right Western church western civilization, western way of thinking like we in our churches have really emphasized. One, one little verse in, in the Bible where it talks about, like, things should be in order. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and we, we've, I think we've missed it by we've imagined that that is somehow, uh, the, the order of it should, like, be, the onus should be on us. Yeah. Instead of recognizing, like, it's, it says that God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if we're being led by the Spirit, that He's going to do things in order and what Paul was warning us against was, uh, if things start getting all kind of crazy and stuff, then we need to check that because we need to recognize God's not going to work that way. Which yeah. means that, you know, that there may be some some false prophecy or false teaching or uh, false expressions of worship that are entering into the church, and we got to be careful of that. So you know, we have to recognize again, like if we are being led by the Spirit. That God is going to do so um, with with order and with purpose in mind, right? That that it's not it's not all on us to create the order, and I think that's where where we've gone with it. And like you know, there's there's a church right down the street that it always kind of blows my mind because they have a service at they have a service at eight o'clock and and nine o'clock, and I'm like how do you got two services only an hour apart what do you do (laughs) you sing like two songs have announcements and preach for 25 minutes and then dismiss everybody like wow and I I think that's where it's gone with um with especially larger churches yeah um and of course, some of it is a cultural thing. Yeah. If y'all watch *Kept on Stage*, right, <laughs> or have ever been in it, you know that uh, non-white churches sometimes uh, have much less regard for any kind of schedule, time. What's, watch, what? Yeah. What are you talking Sunday about? Sunday is for the Lord, right? Which, we'll be here for six hours, right? Which is which is a very uh, Hebrew understanding of the Shabbat, right? Um, but I, I think that there there is room for both. I think at, at our church. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about our our staff and our leadership and um, is that it's like, okay, we have a plan. yeah, but we but we don't let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do within that. And that may mean that that plan needs to get adjusted. Um, but the way the way Pastor West explains it is that uh, that that way when the Holy Spirit is done doing what he wants to do, we know where to pick up. Absolutely, you know. So it's like we have we have a plan, and that's generally how our services are going to go. But um, that's not. They don't always like. Yeah, you know. We got planning center, and there's time set for everything. But on one Sunday, worship might be 20 minutes. On another Sunday might be 30 minutes. On another Sunday it could even be 35, 40, 45 minutes when yeah. we have communion. Um, it just kind of depends on how God is moving and, and whether we feel like He is trying to do something. Um, in the midst of things uh, And we adjust accordingly Maybe we need to preach a little bit shorter Maybe this message is a little bit longer So we yeah. say, hey worship team, we're just going to do three songs today Like you know, So there's room for adjustment Based upon what we feel As leaders being led by the Spirit yeah. That God is trying to do in that particular service So I think, I think one of the things That the person who asked the question uh, Touched on that I think is very valid is: is it just mindless? Right. And I think a lot of times it is when we're so rigid to this program and the schedule, we're, there's no room for God because yeah. we set this thing and we do it and we do it mindlessly. We're not we're not listening to God. We're not paying attention to the Spirit. We're we're on a schedule, and I know a lot of churches. This is, this is even more difficult for, uh, you know, like satellite campuses, mm-hmm. where it's like, you have to, everything has to follow the schedule of the main church because you're broadcasting the sermon, yeah. you know, live, and so there's, there's absolutely no flexibility um, for anything that God might be doing, particularly at one campus that might be different than what he's doing at the main campus or another campus in a particular moment, um, and, and that can be tough. I've never had to, like, operate in that scenario um, but I can only imagine um, for some of the leaders that that would, that would be difficult. There might many times when you felt like there was a time of ministry where God wanted to do something, but the schedule doesn't allow you to do that. Right. That's, I think, where we get into a problem. If our schedule doesn't allow for what we feel like God is trying to do or say in a moment, uh, then then we've gotten it wrong. Yeah. And, and, and it's no longer worship. Um, it's, it's, it's really kind of a false offering. We're not yeah. allowing... We're not giving, what did God say? He said, your, your reasonable sacrifice in this new covenant is your life. Your life. Your life laid down for me, which means we got to let go of our own purposes and our own plans. That doesn't mean, however, that we don't plan. And that's the other side of the coin, right? I, <clears throat> I, come, I came from, grew up in spiritually kind of matured in an environment of, of Pentecostal charismatic movement and stuff like that. And their idea was that being led by the spirit always means you're flying by the seat of your pants. That's right. Like, which you know, could also be mindless as well. Which also could be yeah. You're not having to put any thought into right. it. It's just like oh whatever we feel like the spirit is doing in the moment. Um, and, uh, and and when we went to a uh, when we went from that to a Free Methodist Church, talk about a big culture jump, right? Yeah. Um, but our but our pastor there was 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 uh, you know a man of the spirit and. But what he showed us and taught us is, like, if God's a God of order, and the Bible talks about how he has things planned for us, you know, from, from birth, from before time began, he had things in mind for us to, to do and accomplish. Mm-hmm. Why would we assume that we can't be led by the Spirit to, to plan, right. to schedule? You know, and so we would, and this was a brand new experience for us, we would yeah. lay out the sermons and the focus is in the series right. for the whole year in, yeah. in, like, December before the new year. I was like, whoa. But even, but again, within that, uh, there has to be flexibility. Like, oh, you know, we had this scheduled to go four weeks, but we really feel like God's wanting to focus on this this one subject, So it's going to end up going six weeks. Yeah. And not be like, nope, 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 nope. We can't do that. We said right. four, like, that's kind of that, that's that tension between, order and being led by the spirit we, ha- we have to strike that we have to be flexible to let the king do what the king wants to do and the, like, again the right the king's word is law and we see in we see in with Esther right the king can make a law and then he can change the law that's right like so you know the we, king can, can. we can have a plan and, nice. it, and it can be generally like what God had purposed and planned yeah. but he may want to shift things and move things, and we have to be willing to do that. Right. Not just in the big picture right. of the year schedule, but right. also in each individual Sunday, because that if it we can't worship God mindlessly. Yeah. there has to be intention, purpose, and and faith in it, um, and and that's that's important. We can't just check the boxes and finish the program and. And, oh, we're, we certified that we finished this Sunday and we're good with God until next Sunday. Like, that's not worship. Nope. So what I feel like you're saying is um,
1: both uh, that the whole thing is situational. Yeah. That it depends. Uh, the Holy Spirit could be saying, get in, get out. Yeah. He could also be saying, stay right here. Yeah. He could also be saying don't preach today or don't preach that mm-hmm. something happened in your, um, on, on the planet that I sent you that needs to be addressed. I know you had something planned for today, but you need to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Um,
0: so a situation or whatever the Holy spirit is saying to do. Yeah. And I know you've had this, I've yeah. had this where like you have a, you have it, a message planned out or you have a worship set planned out. And yeah. then like at the last minute. And for me, like that, you guys have to have a little bit of planning on the worship team, right. but for me it, it's been like, as I'm about to go up there, yes. last minute yeah. he's, he, you know, the spirit will be like throw that out, this is what I want you to talk about yeah. and it's like, what? but, you know, you, you just have you have to be okay with that Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely and, and so the, the person who asked the question mentioned specifically like, should we have times of quiet meditation and listening to the spirit, again, I don't know that we always have to have that um, you definitely have to have leadership that is being led by the Spirit mm-hmm. so that when God wants that, they make space for that. It doesn't mean, again, that, nothing is rigid. I don't think yeah, I don't think we're going to be like, oh, if we want to be led by the Spirit, then we have to have 15 minutes of quiet meditation time every service right. Well, you've just taken, taken it and you've made it mindless, just like anything else. Right. Yeah, but there are if times Jesus, when God wants that. If Jesus
1: wanted Peter to constantly go to the river's edge and get his portion of the taxes from the fish's mouth every day or every time the taxes were due he would have told him to do that but he didn't he told him that to do that once we live in a society in a church society where we think oh he healed somebody last week in front of everybody this is what he's going to do every time yeah or we the whole church was on their knees this one sunday this this is what we're supposed to do every time, and that's not the case. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then and then, it's assign, and then assigning value meters, right? To whether or not that happens. Oh, right. everybody wasn't crying and repenting for the Lord today, so right. we missed it. And it's like no, you didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you missed it, but you didn't miss what you think you missed. Right. What you missed is that you think that God always does the same thing over and over, and that we can somehow discover right. this special uh, code of how we do church. To right. Uh, God's great outpouring every single Sunday and it's like that's that's definitely not biblical um, you know we've talked about it before it may be I can't remember if it was in that uh, last week but you know that, that one that one that one uh, moment in the Bible that, that this becomes such a focus of worship and um, especially in, in uh, traditions that really pursue the gifts of the spirit and stuff is like when the presence of God filled the the, the, the um, the temple and, and the priests were no longer able to minister. and oh, yeah. that That and we forget that, like, oh, we are pursuing that single-mindedly, trying to manufacture right. that every single week. It only happened once. It only happened once? in all the scripture, at least that we know of. I and mean, I feel yeah. like that's something. If that was something God he, I wanted all the time, want. he probably would have maybe mentioned that that yeah. continued. So it's like he doesn't always move like that, and I think that's where. We, especially in the Western church, we have to get away from our need to have checklists and, right. and rigid programs to try to accomplish something that is a mystery. Yeah. Um, we, and we need to be instead led by the Spirit and understand that there's, there's going to require uh, flexibility from us, but ultimately what it really requires is just obedience. Obedience. Yeah. So I hope that answered the, the
1: question. And if, um, again, if you guys have questions about anything we talk about, send them to either myself or Jesse or to our, um, email address. And we would love to answer the questions that, uh, that come up. Cause we don't have a, a moderator right now <laughs> to sit there and look at the questions that you guys, uh, post, um, which hopefully we'll be able to uh, in the future, but until then, yeah, shoot us, shoot us an email or send us uh, a message with your question. So let's get on to the topic of today. Can we love Jesus but not the church? I love these questions because a lot of them have, you know, knee, A lot of them have knee-jerk reaction answers and you know You can answer that question very very easily but
0: at the same time there's a there's a bunch of nuances in there you know what I, you know what I love about this question is that <laughs> is that I actually I literally know people whose knee-jerk reaction to that question is no uh-huh and yet they've convinced themselves yes yeah and it just it shows how much power our flesh has and our mind has and we're trying to satisfy our own desires we can come up with reasons to say yes to things that our immediate our conscience our subconscious our spirit uh, the knee jerk automatic reaction understands that that that's like not it yeah and yet we can convince ourselves that it is (laughs) that blows blows my mind but it's so true right so we don't because we what we don't
1: understand is that Everything flows from everything God did flows from the filter of bringing His creation back to Him, Mm -hmm. and He did that through Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus did, uh, and during the time He was buried, and what He did uh, after He was resurrected. Mm -hmm. um, It all points back to how He wants us back to Him. So uh, if if he cared so much to send his son for people he knew would never appreciate or even validate what his son did or even or or even acknowledge what his son did, he did it anyway. That means he cares. About, he cares about people. Yeah. So if he cares about people. We need to care about people. And um, uh, understanding understanding that gives a better insight to. Uh, what the answer to that question uh is and and how we need to look at the ch- the church the ecclesia
0: and, and look at it the way God um looked at it the way Jesus looked at it yeah and and again it's right the the bible tells us that you know in uh in Corinthians um is it Corinthians or Ephesians yeah um but, it, you know, it gives us, again, this picture, right, of of, of marriage. Yeah. And then it tells us, um, you know, that it, it draws this connection between how Jesus loved the church and how husbands are called to love their wives, right? And, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that Jesus laid down his life for her. And, um, you know, I was actually, uh, we, so we're in the middle of this marriage um, series, marriage and relationship series right now. And uh, so I was preaching on this idea, and it was just like I've always looked at it, and I think that that's probably not uncommon. I, I grew up in a kind of you know pretty mainstream uh, Christian background. Is hmm. um, that when we look at that, where we focus on the crucifixion, right? That he he gave his literal physical life yeah. for the church, which is absolutely true. But I think the side of it that we don't look at that is a more of a a holistic Eastern way of looking at it is that he also gave his life in the sense that he gave his living to the church as well. Yeah, like his his time of ministry was all about teaching and establishing um, what the expectations and the norms were going to be of this new kingdom. Yeah, which is expressed in the gathering together of the citizens of that kingdom, which we call the ecclesia, which is the church. And so when when we see that verse, he gave his life. Uh, again, and with that picture of husbands, it's not just about giving, giving your physical life. Like I'm willing to die. Yeah. There's that. There's that Lauren Hill song, right? You said you die for me. Yeah, yeah, not You yeah. live for me. Right, right. And that's exactly what it's talking about. So, so this idea, like that, people have come right, up with. All
1: right, I see you. I oh, see yeah, you.
0: That, that's my album. <laughs> <laughs> that's my album. Miseducation. Lauryn Hill. Me, me greatest, yeah. greatest yeah. album in my opinion. So dope. Yep. Yeah. Um, me and my wife love like, it. And um, this idea that like it's about giving our our daily living, Mm -hmm. and again it goes back to that: what what is our reasonable act of 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 worship? Right, presenting our lives as a living sacrifice is not just to die like as a martyr or something like if someone put a gun to my head. Yes, I'm willing to take the bullet for you, Jesus. Is you have a? How are you? If you're willing to take a bullet for me, are you willing to? Are you willing to take the bullet of, of persecution on a daily basis by right. standing up for me, living for me, preaching my gospel, sharing my love? Like, And that's, I think, where we, we miss it with this idea that has become very prevalent in this day and age and in my generation and those that have come after Of Like, well, I can be spiritual. I can love Jesus. I can even be a Christian. and But I don't want to have anything to do with the church because I see the church as damaged. I see the church as yeah. manipulative. I see it as broken. Mm-hmm. I see it as this, you know, uh, societal, um, um, you know, pillar of of tradition and and um, and all the things that have come out of it, and all the ways that we failed, and and all the abuses, and and like no one's pretending that none of those things happened. Yeah. but... But recognizing that just like God does not look at us and see all of our brokenness and all of our failures and all of our abuses and all of that because of the blood of Christ is the same for His church, right? And if we if we claim to love Jesus, who gave His life, His living and His dying for the church, mm-hmm. um, then how can we walk away from it? It's uh, it's one of those things
1: that we don't understand. Like, like you said, to know that it wasn't just his dying, but it was what he did with his life. Um, he was creating a community and uh, trying to show us that it's about the, co- the community. Yeah. The community. We're going to grow together. We're going to grow better when we are together and when we are sacrificing, not just to the point of death, but while we're living for each
0: other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can grow yeah. and uh, the be yeah the be yeah. the the who is your neighbor yeah but I mean when you really think about it like if yeah if the ecclesia was not vitally important to God then Jesus would have just come mm-hmm. done the miracles to show he was the Messiah and, and he sacrificed himself with? what was the point of his teaching right what was the point of him doing all of this teaching and this ministering outside of the supernatural miracles that show that he was the Messiah. Cause all it did was what? It did, you know it pissed off the religious leaders, it confused people because and why it did it, why, why, than, why did
1: it piss off the religious leaders when he he was telling them, You you did great loving God. Now I need you to love not
0: just people, but people who aren't Jews. Yeah, because he was challenging the status quo. Yeah. He was challenging the thing that made them uh, powerful, yeah, and, and elite in in society. He was making everyone the same, and anyone, <laughs> anytime you try to make everybody the same, the people in power are not going to like that, hate it. right? And so, yeah, it's just like there was that was why Jesus uh, ministered for three years, that, and that was the, again, that was the bulk of his ministry. Yeah, he did a lot of amazing miracles. There was signs and wonders that showed that he was the Messiah, but. The vast majority of what he was doing on a daily basis for three years was teaching. Yeah. And that teaching was for the purpose of building this new framework, understanding, infrastructure, expectation of what the ecclesia was going to be. Yeah, This new thing, this new thing where there was we were going to need to understand that our love had to be for each other. And that uh, every person was our neighbor. Otherwise, he knew there'd be no way we'd be able to gather together Jew and Gentile. Across cultural norms, right. across traditions, backgrounds, race, ethnicity, language, you know, uh, nationality, he, he knew that wouldn't be able to Gender, happen. Right, yes. and so so much of his teaching was for the purpose of establishing the 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 base, the groundwork of the church. Right, he is the cornerstone. Right, mm. on on this revelation, on this rock, I will build my yes, church. I will build my church. And and so the idea that we can somehow separate a love for Jesus. From a love of the church, um, is is just it's not possible. You can't you can't
1: love him and not. Oh, Jesus said you can't love me and not love people. Yeah. There's no way, and people are the church. It's like um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember um, the movie or the skit. I think it was in Saturday Night Live. Soylent green is people. I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> but it was about really this that. chemical plant. There's a movie about this chemical plant that were, I think they were making food or something like that, and it turns out in the end, and everybody was for it, but it turns out in the end, the stuff that the main ingredient was people. They were using people that died, and yeah, this guy could. who was dying, his dying, his last words were, Soylent Green is people. Um, so, it's not <laughs> funny, but yeah, but the church is people. Yeah, the church is the people. The church is people yeah. and you can't not you can't not you can't say that you hate the church yeah. without
0: saying that you hate yeah. people. And what is what did Jesus say? He said the world will know you are my disciples by how you, love, by one how you another. love one another. So it's not about our love for him, it's about how that love is expressed in our love for each other.
1: And make that, that clear for people that may not understand what that one another means. Your, your love for one another.
0: Yeah, you're He's talking about his disciples, right? He's and so that's it's not even
1: it's not even it's a not love even gonna, for the world, yeah. It's
0: not even a love for the world. It's the love for each other as followers of Christ. Yes, that that's how the world would know that we're for him. Mm-hmm. And, and once they know that that we are for him because of how we love each other, then they'll be attracted to to that message, right? right? And I think that's where we failed a lot of times in this idea that like the church. It's something so, and, and it's like, like it's really simple, right? The church is what the body of Christ. The body. How can you love Jesus if you don't love His body? That mm-hmm. would be weird. <laughs> like it, it is a it is like at the basis part, in essence of who He is, mm-hmm. and and so you know it, it's so like when we were going through ordination, they asked us this question like. Do, do Jews, Muslims, and Christians all worship the same God? And you, it was like, it was this theological assessment, and you had to answer all of these questions in 200 words or less. 200 words! Wow. <laughs> and so, like, as I'm, as I'm studying it, because I had never really, really thought about it, um, but I was, you know, and I kind of probably had the same reaction and, and kind of base understanding of the religious backgrounds, and where I would say yes, right? Because yeah. we understand that the, the Muslims also accept like, you know, the uh, the law of Moses, the Old Testament, a lot of it. Um, but where Jews and Muslims separate from Christians is, of course, in Jesus being Messiah. And then, the you know, the Muslims have Muhammad as a prophet that the Jews didn't accept him as a prophet. And so you start to see this diversion. But at the at the origins of all three, it's supposedly the same thing. Um, but what I realized was, is that the Jews... Worship El Shaddai, but have no understanding or conception of the Trinity. Right. Right? And the same thing with the Muslims. So, in that sense, we don't worship the same God mm-hmm. because you can't have an incorrect picture of that God and worship Him and have it be the same person. Mm-hmm. They worship their version of God, but there's parts of who He is and what He is that they've rejected. Yeah. Um, Specifically, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and, and Jesus as the as part of the Trinity, as man and God, right? And so the answer is actually no. We don't worship the same God, right? Um, they they worship a, a false uh, you know idol that they call God, who has roots in the same understanding and events, but is not actually the same God. Yeah, and I think that's the, you can't say that you love Jesus. And yet you're rejecting and refusing to be a part of or engage with or love a part of Jesus. Yeah. Right? That's a that's false it. idol. You've yeah. created a false idol of who Jesus is and imagine that you worship him and love him, but that's not really who he is mm-hmm. because he he is the head of the church. The church is his body. Um, and, and you can't separate the two. It would, sur- it would be surgically like separating the brain from the body. Uh, so, you know, both have lost something in that conversion. They have to be together to fully be what they're intended to be. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh I think that's I think that's really where people miss it is they imagine I can have a relationship with Jesus without having a relationship with the church. Right. And can't do it. And how you really have to think of it is I can have a relationship with part of Jesus without having a relationship with the church. Yeah. But you will never be able to fully know him, follow him love him and dare I say because of some of the verses, be known by him, Yeah. unless you are also participating in, loving, obeying, submitted to and being known by yeah. the body. I've said it before and I'll,
1: I'll keep saying it. Jesus said the world will know that we are followers of him by how we love each other but God knows or acknowledges you as being his by the fact that you are obedient to what he's saying, yeah. to what he's told you, and um, and and if you're not, and we'll keep saying, I mean, that's the, this is the point of the of the of the podcast of this particular episode. You cannot love him and not love the people he sent Jesus to die for. Yeah, right. And yet, and while that includes everyone, um, it. It is especially true for those who uh, have accepted him.
0: Yeah, you can't and, say that you hate them. And I, I wonder too, like, and it, I wonder too if that is some of that is based in again our our misunderstanding and misconceptions of what love is. Yeah, uh, especially just in culture and society today, because people again, the, your automatic reaction to thing like, oh well, you need to, you just need to love them. Does not mean that you can't be disappointed. Right. Does not mean that you are endorsing or agreeing with everything that they're doing. And so there's obviously every single day there are ways that the church as a large, as an entity, is failing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's people. Yeah, wrong teaching. Uh, There's absolutely abuses that have happened and are happening. Um, Misuses of power, Um, uh, you know. Hurting of people. Yeah. There's a, you know, we've talked about there's a huge failure to me in the church biblically and how we've engaged in the world, in our culture, in politics, um, and so we definitely the ecclesia all around the world is missing the mark on, on many different things. Yeah. So, lo- but loving the church and engaging in the church and being a part of the church does not mean that we're saying I'm I am adding my check. I mean that's why this podcast exists. Yeah. Because we we are a part of the church, we love the church, and so we're not willing to sit back and just say, here's my stamp of acquiescence based on my silence, to all this stuff where we don't see the church living up to the biblical requirements. So let's do a podcast and let's talk about some of those areas and let's try to find a biblical understanding of how we should be living and how the church should be operating in this world. Uh, not just for believers, but in the world for unbelievers as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you, but that, that's born out of, that's born out of your, your mind passion and love for the church. Yeah. You know, all the church has been called. To be. Absolutely. It's not because we're out here arguing against people going to church or against the church because we're angry and we're bitter and like, you know,
1: it's because stuff happened to you. Like we talked about it in the, for our very first episode. Who, uh, like, why, why we're doing this. Yeah. You introduced yourself and what happened to you in church, your, your church experience, but yet and still, you knew, you, or you know that you're called to the church to help them uh, have a better understanding of who God is and who it is He wants them to be through um, having conversation. Yeah. And, and helping to bring clarity. And I share the same, the same thing, my, the hurts that I received at church. But again... You're not divorcing Genesis because she hurt you. Mm. You guys are going to talk about it, and you're going to work it out, right? Right. And that we see people constantly leaving church now. it's one thing, if you're being abused, constantly being abused in your marriage, and you've gone to counseling, you've gotten help, and this person is physically and verbally abusing you, um that's one thing. But somebody says or says or does something you
0: don't like, uh, you don't just leave them, right? You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with church. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you can you can leave a church, yeah, but you can't leave the, the church. church, right? <laughs> and, and you know that. And that I think that's the key. Is a lot of us we have those experiences in a particular gathering of the other believers called a church, right? Um, and and we get hurt, or you know we don't agree with how things are done or what's being taught you know, whatever it is, and and, and then we, we we give up on the whole thing. Completely, you throw the whole thing out. Yeah, so the whole thing out, like, oh yeah, I can just I don't need that, I can just love Jesus on my own. Right. I'm going to do my Bible study and my prayer time at home on my own, and you know, maybe you're going to, oh, I'm going to listen to, you know, some some preacher on TV. Jakes or, or something. Yeah, Judas Smith or T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick or whatever, and and I'm in and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do church myself. You can't do church yourself. Church is, church is people. It's literally a gathering. You right. can't have a gathering of yourself. Um, and so <laughs> we just have to realize that like, as much as we are called by God, mm-hmm. we are called to God. And that includes a calling to the church, all of us. Right. No matter what our call is. Like, you and I have been called to be shepherds in the church. Yeah. Right? But there's people who are called to things outside of the church. People That's right. are called to business. People are called to sports. People are called to the, the entertainment industries. Um, and so your the activation of your gifts May not be in the church But that's why the Bible says That mm-hmm. the perp, the responsibility of the leaders in the church Are to train and equip the saints that's To the right. work of the ministry that's right. So if you're not in church If you're not connected to the ecclesia It's going to be very difficult for you to grow It's going to be very difficult for you to be trained Or um, to if, know what to do Or to yeah, or know what to do To be equipped to right. ask questions um, To fail and have a safety net around you Um to be corrected when when we when you missed it, um, and and so there's there's so much to it, and and I love I posted this article uh, just yesterday, and uh, the tagline is church should be your excuse for missing everything else, mm-hmm. and I was like ooh, because we've gotten and I was, I was talking with one of our youth today because uh, he mistakenly thought his graduation was on Sunday yeah, and um, we were just I was like dude I. I'm not that old. I remember yeah. when Sundays were off limits for school yeah. stuff, right? But it's like so much now. School stuff, sports, uh, competitions, activities are on Sundays now, and yeah. it used to be a sacred day that was kind yeah. of protected a little bit. Um, it's not anymore. And and what you see is you see families, you see people, you see kids um, having choices made to abandon the ecclesia yeah. for the sake of activities. And we, we find every excuse we can not to go to church instead of... Like, you know, I'm like, we still live in a country where like 65, 70% of people identify as being Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what would happen if, if those 70% of Americans, which is what, something like 300 million people at this point, said, we're not going to shop on Sundays anymore? You think the stores would still bother to be open on Sunday? No, they would go <laughs> back to closing on Sunday. And if, if 70% of Christians all pulled their kids out of sports... On Sundays, you think those leagues would keep doing stuff on Sundays? No, like we have power to influence what but we have to choose the ecclesia we have to choose God yeah. and we have to choose Christ and his body over everything else not try to claim to be victims of circumstances Oh well you know even if I feel like my kids' called to this sport yeah well God God's not going to honor you if you abandon the gathering of the brethren. If you abandon the Shabbat, if you abandon honoring Him with one day of your week, um, to pursue even what He's called you to pursue. Now, me,
1: I, I, I did a pod, I did a podcast or, or, or video um, on uh, on on that verse in the Ephesians. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Mm-hmm. And even more so as you see the day approaching. Yeah. Um, and I entitled it, Forsake Not, I Think Not. Because we don't really fully, we don't understand what that word forsake means. And for the longest time, I grew up thinking, you can't miss Sunday, you can't miss Sunday. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Having this whole thing, uh, this whole stigma about, I'm going to be in trouble if I miss Sunday. Yeah. Right? And you, you probably had the same thing. Now, that verse is not talking about,
0: don't miss Sunday. Or the day that well they had they weren't even talking about Sunday. They like weren't that even that talking about Sunday, right?
1: <laughs> what he was talking about, the word forsake literally means to turn your back on.
0: Yeah.
1: So if you have if you're doing something on Sunday with your kid and or whatever, Chick-fil-A decided to close on Sunday, that's dope. Sunday is not. The day that was, that was chosen by God for us to meet, that was chosen by men
0: yeah.
1: for us to meet. If we're being legalistic about right. it, We meet on Saturday. We meet on Saturday, right. The thing, the thing that that scripture was saying, it was talking to a specific group of people about a specific event that was happening, which is why he said, even, so, even more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching, he was talking about the event with uh, Caligula bringing his statue and setting it up in the Jewish temple. That's what he was talking about. Um, but in that verse, he never said a specific day, a specific time. What he did say, though, and what I think um, matters to us is that we do not turn our backs on each other. And we don't stop meeting with each other. Because how are we going to be able to encourage each other? Yeah. How are we going to be able to do all the one another verses that he talked about? Bear, bear with each other, each other's burdens. Yeah. Um, laugh with each other. Cry with each other. Love each other we can't do that when we're by ourselves so um make, making the making a day um, more important than other days and, and I agree with that article I agree with that article but I think our mindset should be our brothers and sisters in Christ am I spending time with them
0: yeah
1: regardless am I having, we're having dinner tonight
0: yeah
1: it's gonna be eight of us or something like that, eight six or eight of us. We are now, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we have Jesus in common, we are now a gathering. Yeah. We're now in ecclesia. Yeah. Um and will we be talking about church stuff, Jesus stuff? Possibly. But maybe not. Um he's they're having some issues with their girl, dogs. Actually, so we yeah. might talk about <laughs> <laughs> We might talk about dogs tonight. But Sunday, the day that we have Made as the day that we gather is a day specifically centered around uh, God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not doing that doesn't mean that you have turned your back that word for sake, that you have turned your back on the people or you've turned your back on God. It doesn't mean that, so we don't want you to think that, oh crap, I have a volleyball. we have volleyball games sometimes on Sundays. I really can 't miss them. Um, but my wife and daughter sometimes miss a sunday because of a volleyball game. We don't want you to think that oh shoot. uh I forsaking I forsaken the assembling of myself with yeah. my brothers and sisters because that's that's not what that verse means and that's not what we're saying. But God's people like that article said should be more
0: important to you than anything else. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the 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 and that's what right there's yeah. there's churches that have Saturday night service yeah um you know your your church if you have midweek services and small groups and Bible study yeah um you, like you have to yeah you can't turn your back on on the body of Christ that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to be there on Sunday yeah um but if you not being there on Sunday if you're not engaged in anything else. Um, Then you've got a problem. You either have to you either have to reprioritize prioritize prioritize Sunday, or you have to engage in other ways. Right? Was that the Old Testament that said, "Man is not a
1: no man is an island unto himself"? Was that David that said that? I don't remember. But that's we can't do this by ourselves. Yeah. We need each we need each other on this walk.
0: Need yeah. We need each other on this walk. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, And, and you know I think that's. I mean that's why our focus this year at our church is more than Sunday. Oh wow! Is making our faith about more than Sunday, mm-hmm. like recognizing that this is not it. Like um, there's there's biblical standards. Um, uh, we should probably at some point we'll probably do a podcast about the Sabbath. Um, Y'all have small groups? Yeah, yeah. We we have we have some Bible studies and small groups. We're actually like officially launching small group like small groups yeah. program. Uh, in april but yeah you have to and and the, the tricky and that's look and it's like parents i know but you have to be the ones who lead and train of your child and where they right. should go the the problem with sports a lot of times these days is well what happens if they have games on sundays and i was there right I, yeah. I, I played upper level um soccer and i got to a certain age and all of a sudden stuff was on sunday and so i went through a season in my life where we didn't, we Church very often, yeah, because I had games and tournaments and stuff on Sundays. Um, but I was at Wednesday night Bible study yeah. every week because my practice was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But if you're so you you have to find a way to engage, and that may you mean that to. you have to that may mean that you have to change which church you go to to engage with a body that has an opportunity to engage yeah. on a day that's going to work for you. Yo, there's From, a church in
1: Colorado that did that. There's a there's a guy that um, he had the Advantage of being able to take a Sunday off because mm-hmm. there were more than one pastor. Yeah. he was he, was, was he wasn't the only teaching pastor. So he drove around on Sunday to see what the community was doing. Yeah, and he saw that uh, uh, half of the community community was at a rodeo. Mm. So he started uh, a meeting for them. On Monday nights, and calls it, and now he calls it Rodeo Church. Okay, because they yeah. they were available on Monday nights. Exactly. So the, the fact that he made it available to them, yeah, they all started coming.
0: Yeah, we, on Monday we night. have we have deified Sundays. Yeah, which is hilarious because it's not even the official Sabbath. We just we just chose it because yeah. it's Austin. You know, ostensibly the day that Jesus resurrected or whatever. But it's like the Sabbath is the day that you set aside for the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and we can worship God. Um, and and I love this. There's actually so I was telling Tommy about this uh, show that came out called The Chosen. I recommend it to all you guys. It's an amazing show. It really frames Jesus and the disciples and the people around them um, in their humanness, which uh, was really refreshing and powerful. And in the episode where he has the interaction with the woman at the well, um, he is encouraging her that like the time is coming where our worship is not going to be only on the mountaintop or in the temple. Yeah. It's going to be wherever we are. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, in this day and age, right, people don't work, you know, nine to five jobs Monday through Friday all the time. And so this idea that we can only do church on Sunday mornings, um, that we can only engage with the body of Christ on Sunday mornings is is really not uh, feasible um, by and large anymore. Yeah. We have to uh, we have to offer other you know other options other opportunities. That's why it, that's why you see churches having more midweek stuff. And yeah. our hope is to have a, at least one small group on every day of the week. Yeah. So that no matter what someone's schedule is, maybe even like some of our older retirement retired uh, people have hosting a group earlier in the day for mm-hmm. those who are available earlier in the day who maybe work you know swing shift or night shift and things like that. Like we have to understand that. Uh, jobs and people's lives don't fit into the the simple little boxes that they right. used to. They used and to so fit like that. Instead of instead of condemning them for not being able to attend, right? We should actually be looking at ourselves and are we loving these people, right? By trying to po- force an impossible standard on them because they're or... not the ones with a full time ministry job. We yeah, are. Yeah. So like, yeah. we got to yeah. figure that out. And so yeah, absolutely. Like, how do we? F- I love that he went out of the community. And, uh, and, and we talk about that a lot. What are the rhythms of our community? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons when Jen and I uh, came to, to City View, uh, we kind of looked in, in, and they were doing kind of a family night on Wednesdays. Yeah. And so they had kids stuff. They were doing the youth on Wednesdays. The adults were having Bible study. Every week we had dinner together beforehand. And we're like, that's cool. But what we found in the rhythm of the Renton-Kent area is that uh, Wednesdays get very um, busy with with activities, yeah. concerts, and sports and stuff like that. And so we found that most of the kids were were more likely to be able to attend on Tuesdays. So we moved our youth meeting to Tuesdays nice. for that reason. Nice. And I think that's that is definitely a missed aspect of loving that we've missed is how how do we need to flex? How do we need to flex church and ministry to fit the rhythms of people around us instead of sitting there and condemning them and saying, "Oh well." You know, you should this and that. And, and I tell people, I'm like, I, you know, when, when we have young people or adults in our church who get new jobs, and are like, well, I'm going to have to work on Sunday. You know, I encourage them to remember that there is a law, right, that says that they have to make room for your religious practice. And so, if an actual law. An actual law. And so, they are actually supposed to, you know, make time for you to be able to be at, at your service in the morning. Um, but there are times when for that particular job, that might really limit you or, yeah. or not make it feasible for you to really work that job. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, again, okay, engage with the body somewhere else. Right. And so I think there's people who have disengaged with the body for those reasons. Um, but I think a lot of, I think the majority of people who we're talking to with this focus are people who have disengaged um, for theological, philosophical Yeah. Uh, human rights right. uh, their own personal pains and injuries that they've suffered they were hurt um, and just identifying the church in general as a source of that and I don't want to engage with that anymore um, and I in think, that
1: sense uh, let's, so let's talk about that as as we're getting close
0: to wrapping up people
1: who uh, it's not because of their job that they're having a hard time or not because of sports that they're having a hard time uh, engaging on the day that has been set aside uh, uh Sunday to be with other believers and encourage each other, but they were actually hurt. Mm-hmm. They were actually hurt at church and a pastor did something, pastor said something, a congregant did something or said something uh that made them feel like, well, every church is like this. They all they all want my money, or they they um, uh, they don't care that I was divorced, or they, or they hate my tattoos, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the reason may be. What, what, what would you say to someone who's experienced
0: church hurt, as, as it's been coined? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would say, and I'm not trying to be callous about it, um, but I am very pragmatic about God's teachings because I don't think the Bible says that Jesus. Uh, dealt with everything that we dealt with Mm -hmm. so that he could be the sacrifice and he could be the high priest, right? Um, And so I don't think that his commands came in a vacuum of coldness. Right. He understood how it would be emotionally difficult for us to obey these things, but... Because, again, people... What did Jesus say? (laughs) What did he say? He said, um, you know, you're on your way to the temple to give a sacrifice, and you remember that Mm -hmm. you have an issue with a brother Mm -hmm. you need to stop turn around deal with that issue first give and receive forgiveness and then come off of your sacrifice Um, and he also uh, gave the standard that how many times do I forgive my brother in a day in a day seven times 70 right and so I think we have become in our society it has become so focused on the outcry of the victim that we have forgotten how to forgive. Yeah. And uh, we feel empowered, noticed, um, affirmed when we're victims, right? and we don't push past that to, to come to a place of true forgiveness. And, and that's the standard when we think about true forgiveness, right? God's version of forgiveness is, I have removed it as far as the east is from the west. Yeah. I, I have thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. For him, it is as if it never existed. There's no memory of it anymore. Um, and that's a hard standard for us. I joke about it all the time. I'm like, you know, I really wish God would give us a little forgiveness, flashy, flashy, flashy thing like our Men in Black. Yeah. The, the neuralizer or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and so we can just be like, and we don't and remember it's it anymore. The hard part is our memory. Yeah. We don't have that supernatural ability that God has to just yeah. blow it in the sea of forgetfulness, right? So we have to work past it. But um, we have to recognize that, again, you may have been hurt by a church. Yeah.
1: You want me to line this up? Sorry, I've never, I've never, never done it. Really. I'm
0: trying to grow the one side into to match the other one. Okay. I don't know why. But I think this is the because this is the side I sleep on. Oh. And yeah. This side is like mm-hmm. not as, is it, it's nice full or something I don't know with it, but um, like we have to remember that you can find a place and 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 we my wife and I have been really privileged, and I think. Because we were coming out of a lot of church hurt, yeah. Um, that the last two churches that we were at were churches where we were really, really able to heal, even mm-hmm. in the midst of ministry. Mm-hmm. But we've really been um, we've really been blessed because of that. To just be part of churches that weren't like extra, that weren't demanding, mm-hmm. um, that weren't really controversial, but mm-hmm. were just kind of real solid, yeah. Where we can say to other couples, other people that we know, other ministers that we've known, other friends that we've had that were also church hurt by the ministries that we came out of or had experience their own hurt. Yeah. Hey, come here and sit and just heal. Yeah. No, don- 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 don't, don't feel like you have to get involved. Don't right. feel like you yeah. have to serve or anything right away. Right. Hey, we know that you guys are pastors. We're not trying to get you here to-, to-, right. to give you something to do. Come here and sit and be a part of a family. And heal. Yeah. And for for many of you, I think maybe that's what you need. You need to find a church where you can just sit and heal. Sit and Don't heal. worry about the pressure of getting yeah. involved and in stuff. Just sit, receive, build relationships, heal, be loved, yeah. and learn how to love the church again. And then maybe step back into a higher level of engagement. Mm-hmm. But 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 I always go back to um, I always go back to to Joshua and the the children of. Well, not the children of Israel yet, the Hebrews, when they were crossing into the promised land, right? Uh, because the old generation had, passed, had died now, and they were able to take the promised land, but God commanded them to circumcise, because there was a whole generation in the desert that wasn't circumcised. Yeah. And so he commanded them to circumcise themselves, which, Adults. thanks God, that's tough. wow, that would not have... But then he said, and then he had them wait... And so they were healed because yeah. he understood there's no way you guys are going to be able to go into battle in like pain. with this wound still hurting. Yeah. Right? And so That's good. There, is, there, is, there are seasons when we need to heal from the wounds that we've experienced. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and our healing does not come, what does the Bible say? Confess our sins one to another that we might be prayed for, that we might be healed. Right. Right? It, it happens in community. It happens in community. You cannot heal from church hurt like in, in isolation. Mm-hmm it may crust over a little bit yeah, just because of separation, but as soon as you try to step into another church uh, environment, it's going to get ripped right back So right. You have to heal in community mm-hmm. by learning that there are believers and there are gatherings of believers that aren't going to hurt you mm-hmm. the way that you were heard before. And we all mess things up, mm-hmm. right? But there's love and there's forgiveness. And so it, it, again, right, here's a question. You can be heard by a church, yeah, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from
1: the church. Right. And to piggyback to that uh, question is, are we supposed to place our trust in people? Because people, even believers say, and the the original question and your answer lets me know that, hey, if my response is to walk away from the church as well as walking away from a church, then I'm acting more like the world instead of the kingdom of which I'm an ambassador for.
0: Um,
1: So is it also a worldly mindset and not a kingdom mindset to put our trust in people and therefore to say, well, they hurt me? Right. I have trust issues now yeah. with, with believers." I'm not talking about people that are not believers. Yeah. Um, so, what, what, what would you say
0: to that? I, I think, yeah, you're right. Um, but again, in a very pragmatic way that I know is not doesn't always rub everyone the right way, I would I would move past the feeling i'd move i move past the trust, yeah. and I'd go straight to God is the king of a kingdom, yes. we're citizens of a kingdom. He has commandments that we are that we should be if we're citizens of a kingdom who love him and don't want to obey Him, we should be bound to obey mm-hmm. um, and that has to take precedence over the wild fluctuations of our emotions that happen. Um, it, based on what's happening in life, based on whether somebody hurt us or mm-hmm. abused us or you know whatever, and and I understand that we're not just talking about little things. Some of this right. is, is serious, serious mm-hmm. stuff that's happened to people in church at the hands of the church. I understand yeah. that, um, and that's why I'm saying you may need to leave a church. Right. That's fine, but don't leave the church. Mm-hmm. Right. That if I'm going to be, the Bible says that I cannot, I cannot claim to love Him if I don't obey His commandments. That's right. And so being a part of the church is a part of being a kingdom, a citizen of the kingdom and obeying the king. And so if God is on the throne above my emotions, Mm. above my own ideas and Mm -hmm. thoughts and my own passions, my own theology, my own um, history, all this kind of stuff above any person, any mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. Any, you know, if God is on the throne, then my obedience has to be to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be the thing. And that's the thing for my wife and I that held us in that's the good. church, yeah. even while we were leaving the hurt of a church. Yeah, um, And so, you know, that would be my encouragement is, is if God is my head, then I cannot, I cannot contradict his commandments, no matter how much, that may hurt, mm-hmm. um, no matter how much my emotions may not want to do that. So the Bible says, our flesh and the spirit are constantly in battle with each yeah. other, constantly, every moment, every single day. This is one of the most frequent verses that I use in my mm-hmm. sermons because, like guys, this is every this single is not easy, right? Every single day. That's right, right? And it is. It's usually our flesh that has been hurt. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's always our. It's always our flesh, and then we. We lose trust in God because then we say, well, how could God let this happen? When it's all a part of, like Paul says, it's to work out in us perseverance, yeah. to work out in us patience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because contrary to what a lot of people may say, Jesus did not come to, make, to give us a happy life. He came so that we can have life after this life, yeah. a promise of life after this. Every time you see the word hope in the New Testament, um, Paul is talking about heaven. He's talking about our future, our hope in the fact that we have heaven to look forward to. We're going back. We're going back there. That's not to say that we don't have good times on in, uh, on this in this earth and this life that we live. But uh, Peter said, uh, it's John or Peter, he said that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So yes, we can have a great life here, but that does not mean that the people that we love the most that claim to be believers aren't ceasing to be people yeah we will still hurt each other
0: i mean you, you <laughs> look at you look at like jesus was teaching right, right? and then you had the two sons who were vying for who was going to be highest right, right in the kingdom right that's so they were right that's right in front of jesus right, right? and then and then i always tell people I'm like we have this very idealized um, very garden of eden picture of oh we want to be like the new testament church right the new testament only exists because the new testament church was jacked up like if you read the New Testament, you you see all of this stuff that the yeah. disciples and the apostles were trying to correct. Right, that God was trying to correct. That's what all those they letters were. Up. People were getting hurt. <laughs> That's up. all right. those letters were. Right, right. The Gentiles were fighting when the Jews were fighting. Like, where are the oh, you have to circum? People were getting forced to get circumcised. What right. like I say? People were getting hurt physically, emotionally, yeah. spiritually. And this is right. These are the people who walked and talked with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So how can we imagine that the church today is going to be Less- like yeah, less. It's it's all about um, learning, and absolutely, uh, forgiveness does not mean that you have to stay. Find healthy places. Mm-hmm. But what I know is that in most communities, there are enough gatherings of believers where you can leave a place that hurts you and find yeah. a place where you can be safe. Right, and. And I would encourage you That's to be right. open with your new pastor so that they don't try to come, hey, you know, you've been here for six months. We see that you're a tither, We really want to get you plugged into a ministry level. And it's like, I'm just trying to heal. Yeah, like, right. be, be upfront with the ministry that you're walking into. Be like, I'm yeah. hurt. I just need some place where I can be with other believers and rediscover my love for God's people because yeah. I just hurt. Like don't don't hide it. Be open about it. I love how you said that. Be honest about it, so we that people understand what God's people. Yeah, that's why I, I, I tell it. we tell those people, hey, come. We're not going to put. Don't worry about any expectations. No one's mm-hmm. going to look at you sideways because you haven't joined a small group in mm-hmm. the first three months. Like, right. Because we understand what you're coming out of. I want you to know that this is a safe place. Wherever God's going to take you next, mm-hmm. I know that you need to heal before you can go there. Right. So we have some friends right. like who want to be who want to plant church. But they're coming at us a messed up hurt. And I'm like, if mm-hmm. you go to try to play in church right, right. now, the devil gonna rip you up because you're wounded. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to fight the battle. T. So T. come, Jakes. sit for however long you need yeah. to sit. Yeah. Let us love you. Let us minister to you. Mm-hmm. Get rebuilt. Rediscover your passion your purpose. And then when God's ready to send you, he'll send you. I have a quote that you'll be happy about. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs> You've
1: been good. It's been like four episodes. I love it. T.D. Jake said, and I'll never forget it. The way you leave a situation or the way you leave a place is the same way you enter the next place. Yeah.
0: So if you so leave a place hurt, right. you're going to enter into the next place hurt. Which that's means right. And the, you have to recognize You have to hurt. recognize that's right. And, and you give, yourself yeah, mm-hmm. give yourself time to heal. Yeah. Give yourself time to heal. So
1: send them to where they can send questions uh, and all that good stuff. Thank you guys for joining. What's up, Tom, Eddie?
0: FaithChairPodcast at gmail.com. If you have emails, if you have questions, comments, arguments, um, if you have any topics uh that you'd like us to cover, stuff that you've gone through, stuff that you've seen, um, stuff that you've always questioned in your faith, um, we wanna we wanna hit those if we can. Absolutely. And um yeah. Love you guys.
1: Yeah, Yo, we gotta get Corey on here. He was he was watching. Oh yeah. Corey. Corey. All right, folks. Y'all have a great weekend. It's sunny out. Get outside.
0: Get some vitamin D. Get some vitamin D. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.
1: Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Faith Faith Chick. Chick.